All right, we continue to look at unit one, real relationships, and how we to deal with those real relationships that we have in our lives, and those who are impacted by them. And so this session, we're going to be looking at seeing the worth of those persons that we have relationships with, seeing their worth. Uh, up to this point in his life, David faithfully served the Lord and sought to please him in every single thing that he did. Everything that David did, he tried to please the Lord. Can you imagine living a life like that? In every, you know, that takes a lot. Everything that he did, every single thing that he did, he tried to do it in a way that pleased the Lord. Imagine what, what, what life would be like if people did that. Think of all the problems we wouldn't have. Okay? Of course, there'll be some problems with people who will be jealous of you trying to do that anyway. Previously, God himself declared that David's heart mirrored God's own heart. Remember when the God said, he's a man after my own heart? And so with that, he did everything. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, 14, we read, But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's <laughs> commands. So David, however, as, as David experienced success over Israel's enemies, his passionate focus on God gradually diminished. Gradually diminished. You could say he started to backslide. This led to a downward spiral during which this man of God stooped to commit a series of shocking and atrocious evils. And that's what we're going to look at today. Okay, remember him now as a man who was after God's own heart. So let's look at the first question we have then on page 37. When has your perception of someone changed for the better? You always had a bad perception of this person, but all of a sudden something happened that caused that perception to change and gave you a different perspective, a better perspective of this person. Any Anybody had an experience like that? Yes, yes. Um, this past week, Nancy and I went to Spanish Worlds and then across to Luther. And there was a man there extremely content. Extremely what? Contemptuous. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you approach this person, you have to be very careful in the English language because he would say like Clarence Fitzgerald, he says, yeah, English language is out of order. Mm. So therefore, this person is on a type of level. So he lives in him and he, he never went to church. Never. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I believe his mother christened him when he was a child, but that's it. And to my surprise, in April of this year, he decided that he will go to the church. Wow. And in speaking with him this very week past, you can tell that he's not there by no means, but his contemporaries of listening and answering people has on a downward decline and now I believe that in time to come 
that you would be able to have a regular conversation with this person. Okay, that's good. I'm not saying that he's, he's, he's an educated man, uh -huh. a very cantankerous person. Uh -huh. But going okay. to church, you can see, honestly, that there is a decline now in his attitude. Okay. And I thank God for that because he is a close friend of mine. Probably he's from Tiger Brown to live in a country too. That's alright. Mm. Okay. Alright, let's look at Bible means life. <laughs> he's gonna change. Amen. Okay, Bible means life. Someone wanna read that? Let's admit it. We've all been amazed by a magician's trick or illusion. Whether it was making his assistant disappear, sawing a person in half, or even a sleight of hand card trick, we've wondered, how did he do that? Later, when we discover how he creates the illusion, our amazement vanishes as quickly as the assistant. The next time we see that illusion, it seems so obvious what's actually going on. What changed? We were able to see things from the magician's perspective. The way we see people can play tricks on us, too. Our perception or opinion of a person can be skewed by our own prejudices, prejudices and self-centeredness, or even by how we hope that person can benefit us. We can be blinded by our own sinfulness. But when we see people from God's perspective, the one who created us in his image, relationships change. In a famous story from 2 Samuel 11, King David gave us a tragic example of what happens when we fail to see people from God's perspective. Okay, and what's the point of our lesson today? When we see others as Christ sees them, we will treat them accordingly. Is that true? Yes. Not always, but we should. Have we experienced that? Yeah, we have. Do you think there'll be a lot of murders if people did that? No. Nope. Because how does God see people? He loves them all. He loves them all. Okay. He, loves them all. he loves them all, okay. Despite the differences or whatever. In spite of the differences? Mercy. Mercy, okay. But he sees them created in his image. And that is the key. That is important. Um, and that's why God is so angered when a person takes the life of another person because that person whose life is taken was created also in the image of God. Okay, let's look at the passages here that we have before us. First Samuel, the first one is First Samuel 11, 1 to 4. Second Samuel, sorry. Second Samuel 11, 1 to 4. I'm looking at this picture of this person on the Yeah, that's a magic illusion. Over he's sitting down, but you can't see what he's sitting on, right? Well, over his body is that part of his skin or that's part of the mind. <laughs> 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 that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's that picture is, is speaking about the illusion that, we, that the, the, the article talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's look at the passage. Yeah. 
In the spring, when kings marched out to war, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel. They destroyed the Amorites and besieged Nabal. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing, a very beautiful woman. So David sent someone to inquire about her, and he said, Isn't this Bathsheba's daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent messages to get her, and when she came to him, he slept with her. Now she has just been purified, now she has just been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Afterwards, she returned home. Okay, let's look at the first, second question there. Why is it often difficult for us to see the value in others? Why is it so difficult for us to see the value in others? Things that they do. Things that they do, okay. Sometimes you judge them by the way they look too. Like, oh, this person has all these tattoos yes. over them. Yes. You right. judge them okay. like a rough person or something like that. All right, we judge them by appearances. This person, but you just automatically think that they're going to be like a rough person. Okay. So we judge them by outward appearances. We judge the book by its cover. Right. <laughs> okay, anyone else? Oh, some, sometime, one time ago, you see some people out there, like the devil, every time you see them, you know, that opinion about them. Okay. And they can change. But soon, mm -hmm. <laughs> they have a day to cover and stay with them. Okay. Let's look at the paragraphs on the page where we read the verse. Sin comes in all sizes and shapes. Some sins are blatantly obvious, others hide in the shadows, where we think no one else can see. We tend to categorize some sins as worse and others worse than others, but they all share two things in common. All sin is rebellion against God, and all sins begin in the heart. We see in David, a prime example that <laughs> sin begins in the heart. That may seem ironic, since scripture refers to David as a man after God's own heart. Someone read 1 Samuel uh, chapter 13 and verse 14. But now, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded. Okay, and then Acts thirteen twenty two. Someone had that verse? God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's how God saw David. Yet, he was still a man with a sinful nature. One that was on, one that was on display throughout his encounters with Bathsheba, her husband, and many people who witnessed the actions of a man who was supposed to represent God's righteousness as their king. 
As we dig into the text, we'll find three key stages of David's downward spiral into sin. One, David looked at Bathsheba. Walking on the rooftop of his palace, David happened to see a beautiful, a very beautiful woman bathing. No harm done, yet. It's easy to see things we shouldn't, especially in today's culture. The problem is that David didn't just glance at Bathsheba and then turn, avert his eyes. He looked and he kept on looking. Number two, David asked, asked about Bathsheba. David gazed long enough for, for his accidental sighting to turn to lust. Then he wanted to know who he was lusting for. In the space of a moment, David stopped viewing Bathsheba as a woman made in the image of God. Instead, she became nothing more than an object for his enjoyment. Number three, David sent for Bathsheba. Having reduced Bathsheba to an object in his mind, David used his power as king to grab what he desired. We don't know if Bathsheba responded to David's summons out of fear or ignorance, nor do we know at what point she understood David's intentions. What we do know is that Bathsheba's motives were not the point of the story. It's David's motives, as well as his actions, that deserve our scrutiny. Discussions of this passage usually center on the sin of adultery, which is understandable. Sex outside of marriage relationship was explicitly prohi prohibited in the law. Someone read Exodus 20:14. Anyone have it? Exodus 2014. Exodus 2014. 2014. You shall not commit adultery. Okay. So, according to that word, sex outside of marriage. My relation was explicitly prohibited in the law, and David certainly knew that. But behind David's willingness to commit adultery was an equally grievous sin, failing to see Bathsheba's worth as a person created by God and in his own image. Put simply, David failed to see Bathsheba as God saw her. And that failure opened the door to sin. The Apostle Paul connected our treatment of others to our walk with Christ. He said, God's will is that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. And that's according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4, with emphasis added there. The way we treat others is supposed to be based on the way God has treated us. Therefore, when we walk with Christ, we see people from his perspective and we treat them accordingly. 
Notice uh, the final paragraph on verse 40. Again, the way we treat others is supposed to be based on the way God has treated us. Therefore, when we walk with Christ, we see people from his perspective and we treat them accordingly. Do we do that? No, we have stereotypes, right? There was a, a, there was a news article on this week. I don't know if any of you saw it. Police officer, a white police officer pulled over a white woman for whatever reason. And uh, he was telling the woman to do something. And she said she was afraid um, that, and, and, you know, a sudden move may cause the police officer to shoot her. And the police officer said, don't worry, we only shoot black people. <laughs> Anybody saw that? You saw it, right? That was, where that was? That was in which state? I can't remember what state it was. But he said, we only shoot, shoot black people. The woman said she was afraid to move, because he was, I guess he was asking her for a driver's license and registration. And she was afraid to move. She said she was afraid to move because he might shoot her. And he said, we only shoot black people. Well, before they could do anything, he resigned. He retired. Right? And they said, because he retired, they can't do nothing. All right? Stereotypes. Okay? A person is judged on outward appearances. Okay? Rather than a person being created in the image of God. And that's what David's problem was here. He saw, uh, he didn't see Bathsheba as a woman made in God's image. Question number three. Where do we see people objectified or undervalued today? And I just gave an example of one. Okay, but where else do we see that? Hmm? Where do we, where do we see, question number three on page 40. Where do we see people objectified or undervalued today? When you walk into the parents and you walk in the flesh, they're not right. Okay. They're not they take over. When you let the flesh take over? Yeah. Okay. When you walk in the spirit, you, you know, it's a different from when you walk in the flesh. That right. They didn't do right from mm-hmm. wrong, but you let the flesh take it over. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We see, we've seen David's terrible act of sin. Right? As we jump to Second Samuel chapter t- t- 11, verses 5 to 9, and chapter 11, verses 14 to 7, We'll see his attempts to cover up his actions. Attempts that resulted in another terrible crime. In other words, he compounded one sinful, grievous act with another. So let's look at that verse. Uh, first, we're going to look at Second uh, Samuel chapter 11, 5 to 9, and then 14 to 17. So someone read that, please. The woman conceived and sent word to inform David, I am pregnant. David sent orders to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked, David asked how Joab and the troops were doing and how the war was going. Then he said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and the gift 
the king followed him, and a gift from the king followed him. When, but Urias fled, slept at the door of the palace with all his master's servants. He did not go down to his house. The next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In the letter he wrote, put Uriah at the front of the fiercest fighting, then withdraw from him so that he is struck down and dies. When Joab was besieging the city, he put Uriah in the place where he knew best the enemy soldiers. Then the battle of the city came up and attacked Joab, and some of the men from David's soldiers fell in, the, fell in battle. Okay, sound like a soap opera, eh? <laughs> sound like something you'd watch on a, a TV, eh? Okay, question number four. What can these passages teach us about the progression of sin in our lives? Sometimes you have to commit another sin to cover up the first sin. Ah, so. people commit another sin to cover up the original sin. That's the same sin. They don't want to be caught uh, with their pants down, as it were. Mm. All right. So they, what they do? They try to do something else to cover it up. Does that work? No, not. It backfires, right? It backfires all the time, without fail. It backfires. Okay. Let's look at the paragraphs beneath that verse. See what it says there. Someone want to read those? Page 43? 42. 42, yeah. The passage beneath the verse. David's downfall inspired into sin, yet it prayed and prayed away from intimacy with God. Instead of confronting and confessing his mistake, David sought to cover up his action, which led to more sin. David didn't value Bathsheba and had used her for his own ends. Now David tried to use her, to use her husband, Uriah, to cover up his infidelity. The king planned, the king planned for Uriah to go home and speak with his wife while he was in Jerusalem, leading everyone to assume Uriah was responsible for that she was pregnancy. In spite of David's instruction, Uriah was obedient to the king in another way. He was in a soldier on duty. He was a soldier still on duty. Therefore, he was determined to remain ritually ritually pure, which meant refraining from sexual intimacy with his wife. Okay, let's look at those two passages there. Levi, uh, Leviticus chapter 15, verse 18, and First Samuel 21, 5. Go ahead. Also, when a woman lies with a man, and there is an emission of semen, they shall bathe in water and be unclean until evening. Okay, so that verse speaks about being ritually clean, which, which is what Uriah knew that he was responsible for doing, which is why he didn't take the king's order to go home and sleep with his wife. The next verse. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was con consecrated in the vessel this day. Okay, read on. In other words, Uriah, Uriah showed a great obedience to his king and a clear devotion 
Okay, next page. Because of the rise and gaining loyalty and commitment, David's plan, David's plan. Plan A. Plan A was unsuccessful. So David started to plan B. David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. Loyal Uriah, unknowingly called his own David sentence to Joab. It's hard to see David here as the same man who would not lay a hand on Saul. Even when Saul sought to kill him, David presents a tragic example of what sin does when we don't confess it, but instead allow it to spread. Let's go back to the beginning and see where it all started. David was self-focused. He failed to see people neither Bathsheba nor Uriah, as God sees them, and he used all of them for his own ends. His self-focused action led to self-preservation at all costs. Jesus calls us to a different standard. We have to carry with us the same servant attitude that makes the life of Christ, that marks the life of Christ. As Paul wrote, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than ourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Had David lived by his principle, he would have placed the truth and the life of Uriah ahead of his own. Of course, had David lived by this principle in the beginning, he would have placed the word of Bathsheba before his own desires. He never would have gotten into the whole mess in the first place. Mm -hmm. We can do better. We can see people as Christ sees them. We can treat them with the dignity and worth Christ has given them. Okay. All right, we have an, an article here, an exercise here. Let's look at that for a moment. Uh, it's entitled True Value on page 41. To see others as Christ sees them is to recognize their inherent value. Use the space below each image to write a few words describing what makes that person valuable in Christ's eyes. Quick exercise, what we see Valuable in this first person. It's a man in the necktie, suit and tie. What do we see that makes him valuable in God's eyes? Father well, figure. Okay, could be. <laughs> Father figure. Working person. Okay, a working or productive person. Okay, and God values hard work, right? Looks like a man of dignity. Okay, a man of dignity. Okay. Huh? I say about his fathers too. Okay. Fathers to do a scene. All right. Anything else in that first picture? Okay. The second picture. That's a person with a walker, right? How do we? What makes that person valuable in Christ's eyes? Being humble. 
I was just going to say that. Being humble? Okay. And maybe it's an older person who's already contributed. Okay, an older person who's already... Yeah, they're still contributing. Okay, an older person who's already contributed and is still contributing to society. Okay, good. The third part, picture. Future leader, okay. Perspective, um, 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 future perspective, okay. What else? Trainable. Trainable. Obedient, okay. What else? Sincerity. Sincerity. Innocence. Child or children are always seen as innocent first, right? Innocence. And then the fourth picture. Praying. Praying, okay. Well, like person who looks down on their luck, maybe. Person who looks down on their luck. What you got? The fourth picture. Mm -hmm. And then what's he here? Person down looks down on their luck. Look down on their what? Luck. 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 Depressed. Whatever. He looks like he's Smart. praying to me. Yeah, he looks yeah, like he's praying, yeah. Luck. Mm -hmm. He held peace. Yeah. Uh -huh. He looked like he's in the fourth quarter of his life anyway. <laughs> okay, he looked like he's in the, in the fourth quarter of his life. <laughs> he's on home stretching. On home stretching. He looked like someone said, stay and pray. Yeah. That's how he looked like. He looked like he had to go. He had that. Maybe that's his last resort is to go back to God. Okay. All right, let's look at some main points that came out of the passage that we read. Um, a couple of main points that, uh, that stand out. Uh, David didn't value Bathsheba and had used her for his own ends. Now, David tried to use a husband, Uriah, to cover up his infidelity. That's point number one that stands out in the passage here. And then the second thing is, David, because of Uriah's unwavering loyalty and commitment, David's plan A was unsuccessful, so David resorted to plan B. David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. Loyal Uriah unknowingly carried his own death sentence to Joab. Boy, that's cruel, isn't it? That's cruel now. That's cold. Yeah, That's the lowest of the low. Okay, I mean, that's really cold. That's heartless. Okay? He wrote the man's death sentence and gave it to him to carry to the executioner. Now, now that this is a man who's described as the after God's own heart. Okay, so we see how low he sunk. Imagine if he weren't. Imagine how low he sunk. But he also came right out and said, make sure he dies. Make sure he dies. Just yeah, put him there. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> make sure he's dead. You know, but you had to remember something also that you, Raya, was not a behavior because he was a behavior. <laughs> 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 if he was a baby, what? If he was a baby, you'd do what? You'd read the letter and throw it up. <laughs> <laughs> you'd read the letter. Well, now that speaks of loyalty too. Yeah, he didn't read the letter. Okay, he was so loyal that he followed instructions to T. Carried the letter. So if he was a baby, he'd read the letter. But you know, in a more serious note, you see how fast and can let you go. That's the point. That is the point. That's the point. When you allow, give the devil an inch, 
I need to take a mile. Okay. That's right. Commit murder. That's what sin does. James says when it conceives, it leads to death. And here we see it played out. The third point we notice is Jesus calls us to a different standard. We are to carry with us the same servant attitude that marks the life of Christ. Okay, question number five. What practical ways, what are practical ways to seek out the value in others and treat them accordingly? Get to know them. Get to know them, okay. See them as God sees them. See them as God sees them, okay. And ask God to allow you to see them as he sees them. Okay, ask for God's guidance and, and discernment. See that, yes. Okay. Brother Randy, to be honest with you, I would think knowing the human race, I would think within three minutes, you automatically will find what kind of IQ this particular person has. And you get on their level, not your level. Uh, to accommodate them the best that you can. Mm. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, notice the final paragraph on page 43. We can do better. We can do better. We can see people as Christ sees them. We can treat all people with the dignity and worth Christ has given them. Okay, so the point of the whole lesson is when we see others as Christ sees them, we will treat them accordingly. Or we will treat them as God treats them, right? And we'll judge them. Right. That will rule out all judgment. When we see them in Christ as the way God sees them, that will prevent us from being judgmental and seeing, seeing them as stereotypes. Okay, let's look at uh, what we can do in response to this lesson today. What steps will we take this week to see and treat others as Christ does? Consider the following suggestions. It's on page 44. Evaluate. People often treat others as objects rather than as, as God's image bearers. If you've drifted into this tendency, be intentional about confessing your sin and changing your actions. Sometimes we do it without even thinking. Sometimes it's second nature. And then secondly, restore. Broken relationships are a great hindrance in the local church. Seek reconciliation and or forgiveness from someone with whom you been disconnected. And then finally, number three, fight back. There are a number of institutions that systematically strip away the dignity and worth of thousands of human beings. Human tra trafficking, pornography, racism, and more. Take a stand to fight against one of these practices in a tangible way. Okay, in a practical way, in a way that matters. Our culture has a way of creating illusions about certain types of people. They don't matter. They're not important. 
they're expendable. Don't believe these lies. Instead, look at all types of people the way Christ does and treat them accordingly. Amen? Serious marching orders, eh? Any observations or statements as we close? My observation is hate, try to hate sin. I thought it would be a hate because it may not go to the nose. Okay. Unless you hate something, you'll never get rid of it. That's right. So my precious day, Lord, give me a hatred for sin. Mm-hmm. But also, my observation in this um, lesson today is no matter who you think you are, or speak a little louder so everybody can hear. Yeah. My observation of this lesson today is no matter who you think you are, the human value and the human dignity make all of us equal. That's right. That's the mm-hmm. overall umbrella for this lesson today. Amen. King David thought that because of his opposition, he was superior. And he could have done whatever you feel like. So the umbrella of all of this is what makes all of us equal, no matter who you think you are. Black, white, rich, poor, the human value and the human dignity is the same. So we are all one. Amen. Equal.